Welcome back to part two of the Rob. Rob, let's get straight into this. We should have got into this in the first part. Yeah. Rob McElney or McElney? Uh, McElney. McElney. Told yeah. you. It's called a lot worse. I've been mean, called a lot worse many times, but <laughs> McElney. McElney. Part two of the Rob McElney podcast. If you've not checked out part one, make sure you go and do that first. So many stories, and, and I'm sick of saying this on the podcast. We could sit here for blooming hours and chat. Mm-hmm. But the, the meat I wanted to talk about that has absolutely nothing to do with a TT. But I grew up watching the likes of you, now Neil McKenzie, like very much like Steve, my hero was Kevin Schwantz growing up, and you were lucky enough to be to be his teammate. So, take us back to um, early eighties into those nineties, five hundred cc. I mean, I, I'm just going to leave you with that ball and just, <laughs> just run with it. Yeah, well, it um, must have been a magical. time. It was amazing time, absolutely amazing time. I think, prob- well, there's a few reasons why I didn't do better than what I probably could have done was one, I was in awe of my, the legends when I was lined up next to them and two, I was too fat. But um, <laughs> but it was uh, it, it was amazing time. I mean, I say looking back now, now I'm writing a few things down. The 84, 85 time was definitely the best. Although the Ago years and the Swans years were the more sort of pinnacle, if you like, and, and more sort of prestigious. The time coming through when I was breaking through and I had my own little team and I was just doing so many unexpected things. You know, when the pressure's off and you're not expecting to do anything, anything was a bonus. So if I go qualified on the front row on, on the bike, what I wasn't meant to do, it was like, oh, he's a bloody legend, you know, he's brilliant. But then as soon as you sign the line and you get one of those bikes, what you've been thinking, if you had one of those bikes, watch me go. Yeah. And when you get one, it's like, oh, fucking hell. Now I have to perform. <laughs> he's pretty fast, that guy. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not just the bike. So so that I had all that. So the Suzuki years, I was, I was riding the Suzuki in 85, out of my skin, the Skull Bandit year, when I was running it out of my skin and 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 making a few impressions to the to the bigger teams. Um, Suzuki were folding; they didn't really have anything. Um, and then I got the phone call from Ago. So um, what a phone call to get! What a phone call! I mean, I talked to him a little bit in the in the some in the summer now and then because I I I guess if you look, there's I guess it did make a big impression because there weren't many people coming through. The guys have been there forever and some of the guys come from 250, um, De and a few guys were, were there. Um, but I'd sort of, I just landed and it's like, boof, who's this flipping, you know, maybe if we can slim him a bit, he could be a bit faster, yeah. you know. Um, so I, I made a bit, a bit of a big impression and then and then so I got the call from my goal. But prior to that, I'd, I'd got an offer to ride with Kajiva, um uh, on the 500, their 500, the sort of development bike type of uh, bike, <clears> and, and I got a chance to test it. So I went and tested it um, with for the Castelloni brothers. They flew me in a private jet and did me all... Proper option. Oh, it's awesome, yeah. And flew into Milan and then private jet down to um, to Rimini, and it was just like, bloody hell, this I could have made it. it. I made it. So then they pulled the bike out, and um, <laughs> to be fair, the bike was good, but I remember it, testing it, and... Um, Mizano in winter, uh, and there was like they'd had a plague of like um, snails. There's m- tiny m- snails on the track, and it's like, what the hell is that? And you look, and there's, it was so, <laughs> so you couldn't really get a great run on the bike. We sort of managed to get a, a sweep the track off, and I slowly got a groove going. But if you went <laughs> offline, you're on a load of snails and little crispy things. Anyway, so. Um, did a test with them and then they were brilliant. Like the Italians are, if they want you, they'd slide the stuff. Yeah, yeah. And took me back and had dinner with Mr. Castelloni and his family and all that. And then big offer on the table. Um, 
so and then phone call from Ago, which was like two bags of pasta and, <laughs> and a factory yam. So, you know, but so you know, I wasn't bothered about the money or anything at the time. So just tell us how did how did that phone call go? Well, it it was one of them where unexpected. It was yeah, it was it was unexpected and. Um, uh, in some of the stuff I'm writing, it's like a phone call, and uh, Mrs. Um, I go, I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then I take the phone up. <laughs> Ciao, Rob, it's Agostini. I'm like, yeah. Like, I think it's my mate from Scunthorpe. It's like Fat Jess from Scunthorpe taking the And like, anyway, so, bloody hell. He says, um, you know, I want you to come to Paris and, and have a chat, and we've got an offer for you. So, like, put the phone down. It's like, oh my God, this is <laughs> this is getting serious now. So, you know, so the dream of, of, of getting one of those bikes I've been chasing around all year and I've been showing promise, I've been mixing it with them. All of a sudden, I'm going, if I had one of those bikes, you're never going to believe what I could do. Next thing, it's like, oh crap, I'm going to get one now. <laughs> so, um, so, and it was all a massive secret. I couldn't tell anybody because the deal wasn't done. I couldn't tell my family, couldn't tell, tell anybody really. So, um, that, that was probably three weeks before I get good to go, but it was all like, so I had to keep it all inside. It's, this is potentially happening. Flew to Paris, um, and again, back in the day, get, get, get down to Gatwick, get a flight over to Paris, meet him in this big posh hotel where F Philip Morris are based and so on. And I turn up there and like, you know, ginger fat kid from Scunthorpe, <laughs> and there's a over there waiting for me. You know, it's like, oh, sit down in a little room, and I was already signing, whatever he gave me, I was signing anyway. <laughs> So he says, there's five bags of pasta, Harry, and Robin, a new jumper. There's your Marlborough jumper. So um, so that was it. And then it was just like, so when that was signed, I could come and tell everybody back at home and tell my mum. And my mum was very happy I was signing for Ago. She loved them. Yeah, a lot of people don't like to talk about money, but this was a long time ago. What was the offer from Kajiva in terms of monetary value? Because there was a lot of money going around at that time. Well, not not for that. Well, I was, at this Kajiva, it was about 150 grand, something like that. Right. But in eighties, and then like it was that was sort of number one level for there, and then then you get like um, Eddie on half a million, and then you know not so many years later, Aggie's on Eddie's on two or three million, four million, and then Duan comes in, and he's the first ten million dollar man. So, but I was sort of second, and I took a lot less to ride for Ago, mm -hmm. um, but I just wanted to ride. I, you know, because either. Who knows what might have happened if it had gone that way? I might have ended up on a Ducati superbike, yeah. you know, which was at the time they were piss take. You know, if it had a Ducati superbike, he was. Everything. Well, not saying, but you never know which might 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 have gone. You know, um, Foggy didn't say that. I know it's funny that, <laughs> but um, the, we all know, don't we, Steve? The uh, but the, the chance to ride with Eddie Lawson uh, on a factory yam didn't. It was no brainer. You know, the casino thing wasn't far away. I'd been quite good trying to develop it, but I was a young kid. I wasn't that a great development rider. Um, and they just saw how brave I was and they, they loved yeah. it, you know. But um, the chance to ride a factory bike with Ago and, um, and and trying to learn through Eddie was just completely no problem. How did he accept you? Brilliant. Eddie? Yeah, well, I think I was his perfect teammate. I was pretty good at everything, but not as good as him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. he loved it, and I was easy going, no hassle. You know, I was I was a bit in awe. Uh, we got on really well. I was probably the only guy he'd ever invited to his house for for after we had a year together. Um, I went and stayed with him for for a couple of months actually pre season. Lived with him and trained with him. Uh, got on really well. But like I say, no what's, threat. What's it like? What's it like? All the fantastic. personality wise, and fantastic. Just... 
Yeah, such a piss taker. Such really? A, so, such a funny guy, but you would never know You'd that. You'd never know never that. Know I'm that. just a fan. That's yeah, all. well, you we all were. Know. And like, he got to know him and he was such a piss taker. But all he wanted to do was ride his bikes. Yeah. No interest in all the other crap. You know, and that's why he had that persona about him. Didn't want anything to do with the press, but just to love his bike. Just a life what we'd live for. He had yeah. a, at that time, he lived in a, a little tiny two bedroom condo with a garage, like, Amazing brand new garage, every toy in there. He'd open the door, dirt bikes, motocross bikes, speedboat, you know, oh, Porsche, Heaven. every every Heaven. every snap on tool you've ever seen, <laughs> right. you know. So that was his priority, you know. He's and, and he just wanted to ride his bikes, you know. He's brilliant. He spent he had a couple of nice cars, but he spent all his time in a big V8 van with his bike in the back, you know, mountain biking and whatever. So, so just getting to be part of that was fantastic. And I had a great first year, to be fair. Um, finished fifth in the championship at a time when you know I, I, see every every generation would say that theirs was the toughest and so on. But that year, that time coming through with Swanson, Rainey, and and Gardner and Eddie, and it was brilliant. Huge you know. step. Yeah, yeah huge. huge step. So it was the end. It was kind of the end of Freddie's reign, yeah. and it was all, almost right at the start of yeah, like you said, Lawson, Rainey, Schwantz. Yeah, you. Lawson had a year ahead of those two young <laughs> yeah. guys, uh, and uh, Kevin came in '88. And then you had Dewan sneaking up as well. Yeah, yeah, it was just. Uh, but then the, 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 there was no, there was no easy. The first couple of rows was Christian Saron, yeah, Shiro. The, the, there's so many fast guys, and uh, and I, I don't think I ever. Um, it's one of them where, like now, when retired, you look back and think, "Oh, that was amazing." But I actually thought that when I was there, I roll out onto the start line in my Marlboro suit, thinking, "This is unreal." Yeah, you know, my first test we all flew out together to brazil uh eddie and uh, um i don't know if it was the first year second year with Catalora and martin Wimmer were riding 250s and it just you know the marlborough team arrives and you know my first test in guyana in brazil i first riding in brand new dionese marlborough leathers yeah. cracking and bernard mechanics warming my factory wise at 500 he sat there waiting for me to get on my bike it's like my god do you, do, you think, do you think that was a, a help or a hindrance? The hindrance fact that, that you were so in order. Oh yeah, totally that. hindrance. Yeah, yeah. And I was never well. Well, I, I always thought I was lucky to be there. Yeah. Always. Um, I never thought. Um, not that I didn't earn it, but uh, I just thought. You know, how does that happen? You know, a guy from yeah. Scunny. You look at you look at the grid there. They've got Lawson, and you've got Kevin and Rainey. The, and where you see where they grow grown up. You know, I, I've been out there and seen how they they've grown up on. Under mile an hour dirt bikes, yeah. sliding. You know, I put put round in the, on a bull tackle up a muddy stream. Do you know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> how did that happen? Yeah. So it um, it was crazy. It was really crazy. But I, I never once um, took it for granted, and uh, I totally appreciated everything about it. And I think that was de de definitely a downfall. I wasn't I wasn't like Gardner came through, and he was so roofed didn't give a toss. Oh yeah. You know, it, it, me and him came through together really through England. I went first to the GPs and he hated that. I was getting a, you know, when I went in 84 and getting on the front row, he flipping hated that. And then when, and when he came, he's a total different animal, you know, come, mm -hmm. you know, he'd given up, you know, if, if you choose to leave Australia and live in a shitbox little house in Lincolnshire, yeah. you've got some desire, you know, and, mm -hmm. uh, and that was the difference. It's for sure. He was so hungry, so determined, didn't give a toss about anybody. You know, I, and he didn't give a monkeys about Eddie Lawson's history or anything, nothing. Yeah. Well, I was, you know, I was the opposite, really. So, you did know. you did you make any enemies? No, no, not, not in the slightest. No, no, not no really. taking people out, no new. No, well, I did, but it was never on purpose. 
<laughs> <laughs> so let me off. Um, no, not really. I think uh, um, it was funny because I did, I did not, not so many years, but the years I was doing the Grand Prix, there was quite a lot of respect from, from everybody. Yeah. You know, I think uh, there weren't any crazy stuff on the early laps of races. They were there, you know, there were... The, the, Surviving on a 500 is, is a is a massive thing, anyway. and surviving a weekend and without getting battle scarred or getting right the right in the back itself is tough enough. So if someone takes you out, if so, there was a bit of quite a lot of respect between the top guys, especially that era, because yeah, you know, um, even tires never used to last a race. No, no, and like there was a big pecking order tire. I never really, I'm not saying, but. I was a number two rider. I knew my position mm -hmm. in Eddie Lawson. Jesus, you know, he was getting the stuff and I could qualify. I mean, I did two years and nearly qualify on the front row every week. But come race day, like just everything, I was struggling at that. That I got to it so far by riding over the top, over the top, and then get and I get to a level where I've got the same bike and everybody rides over the top. Everybody rides better than me, probably, and I'm slowly trying to ride over the top. Where yeah. I never really worked out how they, right, you know, I'd run in, I'd run into the back of video loss in a lot of cars, like what? And then he'd be gone and his tyres would last and he wasn't getting tired. And, you know, and I'm still riding too aggressive. I never really balanced it out. I think mainly, a lot of it was because I was too heavy. You know, I was losing quite a lot in a lot of places and, and having that many extra kilos, your, your brakes, your tyres and so um, so there's a lot of things and like just trying to keep the 500. I get it now how he used to, how he used to criticise me where it all comes from. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were quite aggressive. <laughs> but um, but it, it is, once you get to that, say I got so far just on raw talent and just being brave and then you get to the top and they're all super brave and they're all mm. talented and yeah. they, but they know how to do it. Yeah. You know, when you look at some of the you know, we didn't have telemetry back in the day, but then what I've learned since, and you see how they did it, you know, I think if I had a telemetry back in the day and someone could say, look, that's what you need to be doing, where I, I, I educated myself as I got on with the team and seeing Steve and seeing people riding, you can, if we had that sort of stuff in the 80s, it would have helped me loads yeah. just to say, come on, you know, you can't ride like that. Uh, where the Americans are just, that's the way that, you know, Americans would never crash, really crazy, they'd never lose a front ever. You know, the Europeans had grown up on the front tyre, big corner speed. Yeah. You know, that's what we all grew up on. But the Americans never rode like that. They'd freak them out. You know, they'd be riding. Like when I was testing with Ed, when we first started, he's like, oh, you know, he'd follow me going, geez, Rob, you've got to get off the front tyre. <laughs> you know, you can't ride like that. And but that's the way you, you rode. Yeah. You know, you're just brave. Um, so, yeah, so surviving the, the, the 500s, you know, surviving a race day was a bonus on your own. Never mind people taking you out. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was like that though. You, the the whole the whole year was like you'd never plan anything. You know, with your mates, you never never look forward other than the Monday morning. You know, if you got to Sunday night skate free, right? We'll go for a game of golf, or yeah. you know, we've got a weekend coming off in Salisbury in in, in uh, on the way to Rieka. We had some we had some really great stop off places where the gang of us would travel together, but no one would speak about them. You know, we'd get to a race and in south of france and we'd have a weekend off next but no one would mention the weekend off at until all the weekend until over. the weekend was <laughs> oh, over brilliant. and let's see who's, in, who's fit oh he's got he's got a bit of a dodgy color one but he'll be all right yeah you know he's got his finger bro but he'd be all right so and it was like that you would you wouldn't wow. kiss death you know and it was living your life like you talk to normal people and go what a crazy existence yeah. that is but you didn't really know if you were going to survive you really didn't i mean i didn't because I, <laughs> I was pretty much on the edge all the time i'm sure ed and the, and the guys who, who rode a bit better than me but it was like that, you know. The bikes were just 
pure animals. Yeah. Again, a lot of people that are listening to this have, have probably grown up on four strokes, MotoGP, yeah. seeing the riders with bags of, like you said, telemetry, uh, just all yeah. the information that they'll ever need, anti-wheelie, um, uh, traction control, things like that. Totally. But, but on one of these bikes, it Nothing. was... Nothing, just a throttle. Yeah. Totally. So two mm. two seasons of qualifying front row, but you never, mm. you never, never, got you never a, won a race. Never won a race, never got a podium, no. They only Fourths, but not... I had about eight, eight or nine falls. And uh, a couple, I actually got, I actually did step on the podium at Assen, but it was a two part race and they pulled me off and put fucking my molar on it <laughs> because they got the timing, they got the timing wrong. <laughs> and he caused a stoppage as well. So I had some tears, I had a lot of tears. Oh, I, I had so many close ones that I got, I came through at Monza in a crazy battle, took the line for third place, sat up, and there's one more lap to go on the lap scoring oh, board. They no, got no. it wrong, and they had got it wrong. So I'd done all the work, got to third place, and it wrong, and then and then went mental and I crashed. I think in the last lap. So. What was the um, what was the was it what was the race in Mizano? I want to say Mizano or Monza <laughs> where it had rained and all the riders went on strike. Where that was, was Mizano. Mizano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Keeley was the only. Yeah, I should not have stroke. If it didn't strike, I probably won the Grand Prix. There, <laughs> Book, Bookmaster got on the podium. Yeah. <laughs> but it was all. But you you followed the lead of everyone else. Yeah, I did. I was just a sheep. Just yeah. went along. I should have. That was Eddie. Eddie was most vocal. So I think if I'd have gone the other way there, that would have been. And you would have had some benefits. Yeah. So what, what, what was the issue? Was it the rain and the tyres weren't good enough? Or? It, it, no, the track was it, the track was wasted yeah. anyway, and it was like uh, it's so slippy. And the best of days, and when it rained, it was just nothing, no grip at all. You really? couldn't stand up on it. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't safe. No way was it safe. Um, so that was the right decision, but Killy did it, and he got he got a bit yeah. of flack from it. Yeah. But he but did get a win on He's the, got a win. <laughs> he's got a win. Yeah, whenever you look back now, I know. you see his name, Rub it yeah. in. Yeah. Sorry. Rub it in. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Sorry, sorry. I know. That, that, I, I think, if anything, I just would love to have had a podium. Yeah. One podium. I know it sounds like petty, I guess. but um, hey, It doesn't matter whose career you're talking about. There's always something. I know. I know, yeah. And, and I've never really got any regrets. But it just... Um, and even then, you know, I still had such a great time. And I think I did okay for what for what... I had what tools I had. Oh, I think there's a, there's yeah. a thousand riders out there that would take a fourth place yeah. in 500, wouldn't they? So, yeah. but it's never it's yeah. never enough. I'm panicking yeah. because there's so much to talk about. All right, let's fast forward. All right, a bit. okay. So, team management. Obviously, you've gone through your career, fabulous yeah. times, and obviously, you've won TT and done. Obviously, I know you ain't won at Grand Prix. Uh, all right. right. Yeah, but so anyway, <laughs> but you're coming and back back in the British Championship, doing some winning. Yeah. Um, yeah. A good rider of yours, obviously, and a teammate at the time. You're managing and riding. Mm. Uh, Whitton takes you out of Manorie Park. And I'm watching this. Oh, yeah. Devil's Elbow. Oh, no way. Bird's yeah. eye view. Yeah. yeah. Just talk us through that. Oh, so you do agree that he did take me out then? Because oh, still mate, done. One hundred percent. If you're listening, James, there you go. He's never admitted it yet. He still thinks it's my fault for leaning oh, on mate, him. Mate, listen, he's, <laughs> he was just coming out of Inkley when you was going into the corner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, is it? it was crazy because it like uh, he was riding so well that year on the on the fast orange bike. He just clicked. I mean, he's, it was the worst bike ever I've ever had, and the best bike he'd ever had. He'd come from uh, Mix Grand Suzuki, and he's got this brand new bike. He totally loved it, and he was riding amazing. So he'd won the championship, and uh, I just needed to finish the race, and I would have been second. But Moody was on fire on the Norton, and uh, I think I was leading anyway. Moody went through, and James is trying to get. Because I said to him before, I said, "Just follow me, and we'll just, the first race. Just follow me, and we'll finish finish this race. And if Moody wins, no problem. I'll still be second. Anyway, he couldn't do it. He wanted to get past him. And <laughs> so that's my golf career. Devil's Devil's elbow. No, the S's. No, oh, the old S's. Right, it's the old yeah. S's before the Edwin Chicane. 
So uh, I don't remember a lot about it, really. It's quite nice. I woke up, in, woke up when yeah, the old pain was gone. Was it? Oh, flipping it, yeah. I broke yeah. my femur and punctured a lung on the shoulder and stuff like that. So it was a bit of a mess. So that was that uh, racing career over. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're getting on. Oh, well, I was retiring anyway. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I was, that was going to be my last year. I, wasn't gonna, I didn't retire injured, but um, I was going to retire anyway. That was a year when Senna and Rainey got hurt up. Some similar time. I just, yeah. I was just sick of like pushing over the top all the time. I think I was just, I was a wrong size to be a motorcycle racer. Yeah. And I just and like like Neil McKenzie coming over for us later on, and he was the right size, and he could he was riding within himself all the time. Like you were, well, you were pretty wild, but like a lot of the normal yeah, size guys. So. No, but a lot of normal size guys are passing people from here. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and that they can just. I never got a chance to do that until I got a big engine once, but. <laughs> so obviously, you know, Cabris Booth days, Mackenzie on board, you know, another ex Grand Prix rider, fabulous, yeah. fabulous rider. Yeah. You managed to lure him back and uh yeah. everything was success. Yeah, well it that was um that was uh we'd managed to get this when James rode the fast orange bike, we did a couple of world rounds and we were looking over the shoulder at the factory bikes, these Belgada bikes and it were um for Rizzio riding them and so on. I was like, oh, can bikes are beautiful. I was like built in Scunthorpe, you know, best we could. <laughs> we, those bikes were so beautiful, camel fiber here, and the Italians don't waste any money on that no. sort of stuff. And anyway, we, I said to Neil, we're getting them bikes. He's like, yeah, really? Because Neil was a bit, you know, he, he, coming back to the British Championship was a big thing for him. He didn't want to mess it up. I said, yeah, we're going we're gonna to get them factory bikes. So, he didn't really believe me until we got them back. And then when he, when we, when he saw them, he's like, oh, here we go. Yeah. And their bikes were beautiful. So, um, and, so he, and he was such a class rider. And when I came back from doing the world stuff, I kept my level for a year, year and a half, where you'd better than everybody. You just wherever they break, you just pass them. It was easy. Yeah. Yeah. And I kept that level. And then eventually the level came down where Neil didn't. Neil just kept that level. It was brilliant. So that was fantastic time. Cadbury's Boost had loads of sponsorship. Great name, loads of sponsors uh, attached to it. Yamaha had a, had a, a PR agency bringing the sponsors in. Uh, got so we won it three times on the trot. Then we had a great time with Hizzy and Chris Walker. We, we found Chris Walker just about, give him a break. Um, and then at the end of '98, just lost everything. The the the, the PR agency fell out with Yamaha. Lost everything. No sponsor at all. So I'm like, what the hell? You know this. So then from that day on we pretty much said i want to do it all myself mm -hmm. so we'll i don't i don't want to be hold to someone else with all the with all the cards on the table and have nothing left so which suited yamaha because yamaha didn't really have any budgets and they wanted if i was prepared to try and do it they were up for it so they supported me the best we could but we had to go out and that mckenzie was a british champion three times british champion mm -hmm. no ride nothing new r7 turned yeah. up and we had nothing at all and uh to a point where we was just Neil and I were on the phone, all just trying to find something. I had another business, I had like a parcel business. I was trying to sell deals with big companies and do the swap, swap to my parcel company, and we can do this. And oh, the amount of deals and phone calls we're trying, you wouldn't believe it. Okay. You know, Neil McKenzie. Yeah, you won't think it'd be that difficult though, having the. Uh, well, it was. Couldn't do anything. Uh, and in the end, we this new R7 time was ticking. We managed to find a few quid. I, I sort of stole a few quid from my company. <laughs> we went testing to start the season let's try and get going somehow um and then while we was there we got a phone call from a chap at virgin limo bikes um oh, i can't remember his name it's that bit sad i can't remember his name now um boyd uh anyway he's an ex-racer and he says um oh there's a chap here um 
you, you know him, don't you? Yeah. yeah. And uh, it basically says, um, we put a word in, um, and uh, we reckon we might be able to get Virgin, uh, link into Virgin. So while I was in Spain, I managed to get a phone call with uh, a guy called Will Whitehorn on the phone, and I didn't really know who he was, but he was Richard, right-hand man, and he chat, chat, chat away, and I said, what do you need? I said, well, for this year, not a lot, just need enough to cover us this year. And he sort of said, yeah, we'll have a go at that. I'm like, what? Just like that. So yeah, I rung out, more. Well, I rung Andy <laughs> Smith, the boss of Yamaha, and we'd all been really struggling. And uh, I said, I've just been on to this chap. He's either a bullshitter or he's a man. So he wants you to call him. So we put the phone down. So he rang him. He rang me back. He says, he's either a bullshitter or he's a man. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the man. So we went. I, I flew straight back from Spain, went to meet them, sat down, signed up. Poof, went away. The first year, we just literally stick on the bike. Um, but it's quite exciting because all the Virgin Mobile was being launched. It's pretty, yeah. So they were going to launch it with us, and and then the relationship just grew. It's just brilliant. So it, it, grew, well, it grew and grew and grew. Grew. To... We did like maybe I don't know many years now, a lot of years now. But with the Virgin, yeah. the Virgin Cup, they loved all our Virgin assets Cup. So you were in, you were in you oversaw all that as well. Yeah, it was it was mine and Andy Smith's idea to do it, and it was my idea to to give the prize of a contract with the main team. Yeah. So like getting someone from Scunthorpe United straight to Man U. Yeah. You know, it's never been done before. So it's a big big thing to do, but it was brilliant. You know, it was worth it. You know, people would spend hundreds of thousands of pounds to get to that level eventually. Mm. It, you know, and some of them would. Cal Crutchlow and Tommy Hill, they were the first year. Well, they would probably some... got there eventually, <clears throat> but not as fast as what we did. Yeah, yeah some names that came through the R6 awesome. Cup. Yeah. Yeah. World champions. Like, yeah. Beautiful yeah. bike to ride. Yeah. yeah, mate. Yeah. yeah, Connor Cummins, he, um, yeah, he did it. Yeah, got his teeth into that one as well, didn't he? Yeah, well, it just it was just an amazing platform from to to sh to show up. I mean, it's a, it cost a fortune. We had to pay for the TV. We had to pay for all the back. But Virgin were up for it. Virgin were just a proper like the best sponsor you could ever imagine. Because most sponsors you go to when they give you under grand and that'd be it. Yeah, and you go and deliver and try and do these would give you half a million. And then they would have another half a million to make it work, you know, as a proper PR yeah. company. So they were just, it was a fantastic time. And then with a name like Virgin, you could add some really good sponsors. Like yeah. we had um, Iowa from, with James Hayden and we had Samsung and some really cool names which were working together. And uh, I did a lot of brokering where Samsung wanted to be in some of the Virgin stores and Virgin wanted to do work with Samsung and I was putting people together. So it was a really cool time. And it was a real solid sponsorship deal when when it works like that bit of a businessman then as well well you had to duck and dive didn't you yeah. <laughs> to survive uh yeah so did you learn to duck and dive because you had to survive or was that was there somewhere something no else in no there? i think that well yeah i just raced i raced from when i was 16 so i didn't have anything i didn't really work yeah so i learned to duck and dive a bit later and, and, and in the last few years it was really tough trying to find the money and 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 survive you came at the right well everything came at the right time for all it, that then, it didn't did it? yeah you moving into management yeah the sponsors well and that board. virgin thing, thing was such a great great tie up and they loved it i knew I, it was one of them where when i met them all the young guys in the office in leicester square i thought if i can get these guys to a race meeting they will be totally hooked and it. they were they totally loved it they couldn't believe the passion in the fans they said you can't buy that you know yeah. you go there and there's twenty five thousand. You'd never seen crowds like that for a start. It was yeah. way past touring car and all them, and I was selling it to them, mm -hmm. but I really wanted to come, and they come to the first race at Brands Hatch, and, and that was it. We were just away, and then they were just going away, thinking of crazy ideas. What can we do next weekend? What can we do? What can well, we do? That's what you want to have a sponsor, in it? Someone yeah. that brings those ideas yeah. together. Yeah, and then, and then Richard would come, Richard Branson, and have a, like a schedule. He'd fly in a helicopter, he'd have like a 15-minute window, and... Um, 
he'd end up being pissed all day with a, with a girl who didn't like her and having a beer with him. He would, and they'd love it. Oh, man, do you know what? So yeah. flipping uh, Brands Hatch, I was on the podium. I can't yeah. remember. And, uh, the, he was the there. The hospital, was down in the bottom of Paddock Hill, Ben, when she turned one down the bottom. And obviously he's down there with all the flipping virgin girls and on, yeah. on the champers yeah. and everything yeah. else. Gets to the pod, gets to the podium, and he just whipped the bottle of champagne straight on me, and he sprayed it everywhere. Yeah, and he was loving it, wasn't he? <laughs> ah, yeah, mate, mate. he was totally loving it. And like, yeah. and like, um, all the office and the hierarchy the next Monday were going, "Oh man, Richard, it's such a cool time." He just never does that. He never, <laughs> never really chills out like that. Yeah. And he just totally loved it, and it, and it and it made the relationship much. We. We definitely over-delivered, you know, under-promised and over-delivered. And once they saw once it, you that. and they totally loved it. They totally got it all. And they couldn't believe the passion in the bikers. Yeah. And this is what I was selling to, selling to them. So once you get there, you see this passion, you won't believe it. You're into it, yeah. So then the Virgin Police girls turned up, and every year there's something new they wanted to, to to get into, have fun with it, you know. Yeah, I suppose it's lucky having someone like, like Branson on there, because he was, he was quite a fun marketeer, weren't he? Yeah. Flipping yeah. Always doing something, some, something different. But yeah. you touched on that there. Steve rode for you. Yeah. Um, I've got a list here. Obviously, we've been through James Whitham, uh, Neil McKenzie, Chris Walker, Steve Islop, um, you, Steve, Simon Crayford, James Hayden, Sean Emmett, Carl Harris, Tommy Hill, Loris Baz. <laughs> like, the list goes on and on and on. But yeah. who was the worst to work for? Oh. Was it? <laughs> yeah. No. Same here. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the worst to work, to work for. I don't know. Just, or with. with you I, can name them. Come on. Well, I just, think, I just don't think it was hard work. Um, I don't know. I think um, I don't think I'm trying to think it was worth some. It was, I'm just trying. Let me have a look at the list. Yeah, you give me some ideas. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember all of them, and, and I've never, I've never um, fallen out with anybody. So I'm not. Gonna, I'm not. Gonna, now I'm retired. I'm not going to fall out with anybody. <laughs> 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 well, all right then. While he's looking at the list, yeah. who who was the best to work with? Like who? Uh, Neil. Was ne well, Neil was brilliant. Yeah. Super competitive, but he, and he walked like this. Hizzy was probably the the guy who I'd love to have. If somehow the the times were a different way and I could have managed him, I got older. If someone, if I, once I got to know him and, and knew what he was like, it's just such a shame that I couldn't have got hold of him. This is Steve. Steve is love, yeah. yeah. If somehow it was in the the roles were reversed and I was older at the time and I could have helped him, he would have been someone who could have just really been amazing. What what was he like? Uh, fascinating character. Yeah, really amazing character. Just um, just. Fickle, you know, he's just so, uh, so much, so much. Our Obersteer, Steve yeah. helped me out a lot, you know, and he took over from me. I left O2 and Steve was rode O3 on, on the Virgin on the R1. Um, but so fickle and he's so attention to detail was massive. He could explain anything, really. But yeah, if he was happy, he was like world class, but if he wasn't, he was club class. Well, he was club racing, yeah, not. yeah. Well, that, that's exactly what happened. We, we He started with us, and it, it's really a bit sad in the end because I ended up sacking him after three years. Started the year amazing, like just battling right at the front. Well, the R1 wasn't, wasn't the best bike at the time, was it? Not championship wise, no. But he win would, races. But. Yeah, but he, so he was up there battling, and he was amazing, like happy as Larry. He turned up at, like, I think it was Thruxton, one of his, like, his, he was like record holder, and he was amazing around there. It couldn't, right? It couldn't do anything. What's next? Anyway, just Thruxton. Thruxton absolutely. Uh, dire, and then we ended up falling out, and they had to, had to lay him off. You know, I've got, I have got sponsors. Yeah. You know, and uh, even Steve Islop, his name don't, don't work if he's not result, getting results. So we had to let let him go. And then, um, and then the next week was it knock, planned to go to Nokia, and he'd done a deal to ride a privateer um, race stringers. Kawasaki, and he would for, for sure have kicked our ass, but he got killed in a helicopter. Right. So they never oh, got no. to see it, and he would. We would have shook hands at the end of the year. It was all a bit 
rubbish because we we were quite good mates. Yeah. I had to let him go, which wasn't easy. And then I never saw him again. So it's a real shame that I never got because would, we would have had a beer at the end mm -hmm. and shook hands, and he would have kicked our ass because yeah. that's the that's a, you know that's the underdog. Yeah. He was the classic unbelievable underdog. Yeah, you know, and 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 if everything was right, it was amazing. But even if something weren't quite right, if he had the right frame of mind. He would still be unreal, you know. So it's just a shame that someone couldn't have whether it was me or not. But when I got to know him, I thought, bloody hell, what a talent this kid has got, mm -hmm. you know. And it's just such a shame that he's it's not. You know, didn't see it all. No, we didn't get to see it all, did we? No, because he's just just a troubled mind. He was a bit of a troubled chap. Yeah, that's that's what you often find. With so he was special. Yeah. yeah. So as a as a someone to work with, he was. He, when he was easy, easy to work with. Um, Neil was demanding, but the bikes were brilliant. Then yeah. with the boost bikes. Um, but how how was the relationship with you and Neil though? Because at that point, you'd both come from. Uh, yeah, well, we're well, we're just you going to management. Yeah, he was the best. He was my best mate on tour, and. Um, you're pretty close. We're really, we're still really close now. Um, and we had a few sticky, sticky points when, when they, when they got aggressive because he didn't like Steve. He was happy. Yeah, yeah. 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 He didn't, he didn't like the Yamaha signing Steve, um, because he'd won the championship and he was a man. Why, why are you giving someone who's going to give me a hard time? Yeah. And he was, he was. I think another, another bit of. Um, Sad moment really was that I went out and watched at uh, I used to go out and do a bit of spotting and come back and have a chat with the boys. I went out at Cadwell and went, was spotting for Steve, and he was coming out of barn. And my god, he was so far over the white line. And when you come out, I'm like, Oh, I can't watch this, but he was perfect, he's beautiful. I said, and everybody else picks it up. It's a bit one, it's a really scary corner, a bit mm -hmm. off camber. And if you do, if you ride like that, it's you. you you're really high risk. Yeah. Everybody like, picks the tire up and fires it. So I'm saying, oh, Steve, you're getting a bit close to there. But he, he, that's how he rode, wasn't he? Oh, His 250 yeah. rider. Yeah. I said, bro, you're getting a bit scary there. And you know, everybody sort of picks it up and fires it. So next guy comes, picks it up, fires it, eye sides himself. And then, and that, and ruined, <coughs> his, and ruined and lost the championship. Because I think he could have given Neil a really hard time that year. So yeah. I, I sort of thinking, oh, that was, just keep, just keep my mouth shut. <laughs> Because that's how he rode. He rode like, oh, but he was inch perfect, yeah. just to the stripe. Beautiful to watch, but um, a pretty high risk. Um, so yeah, so you know um, that was that was amazing times. Yeah, Steve, shall uh, we finish off? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Go we on. have got loads more, haven't we? Somewhere I have to come and do it again. Oh mate, there's so, well, there's so much more yeah. I want to ask. Yeah. What about yeah. my child's career? Oh, We've got to link on there. I could egg him into it. Some of Right, quick fire questions. Just answer one or the other. They're quite simple. Just answer one or the other. No, no, I don't. No well, yes or no, or so just not yes or no. I just, just answer. All right. Beer or wine? Wine. I don't drink actually. Pineapple. Get it. Too late. Pineapple or never pineapple on a pizza. Never. Freak. Boom. Kevin Swanson or Eddie Lawson. Eddie. Time trial or mass start? Mass start. Two stroke or four stroke? Two stroke. Grandstand to Glen Helen or Ramsey hairpin to the bungalow? Oh my God. Grandstand, technical. Steve Hislop or Carl Fogarty? Easy. <laughs> <clears throat> White Gates or Sarah's Cottage? <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> Crashed it both. Neither. <laughs> Neither. Uh. Um, <laughs> McGuinness or Hickey? Oh, McGuinness. Outright TT lap record or 500 Grand Prix win? 
Family Company win all day long. Thanks, <laughs> Rob, it's a pleasure. I'm sure you'll be back again for some, oh, more, I'd love for to. some more stories. I'd love to. It's been brilliant. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks mate. mate. Rob Mack, the Mac Daddy. Oh, mate, listen, it's the same with all the older guys we have come on the podcast. We just want to sit down all afternoon, really. Yeah, not just to, not just for a short time. It's so interesting. I think we caught him at a good time as well because he's he's reliving all these memories that he's had from the past with his with his. It sounds well. It sounds like he's bringing out a book. It's been rumoured since COVID, and he's been working on it, chipping away. And I do believe in uh, a short time there'll be a book coming. Yeah. I hope it's out before Christmas, so I can get it from my dad. That'll be the perfect Christmas. Do you think he'll sign it for me? <laughs> he should do, shouldn't he? Uh, probably not. Brilliant. <laughs> this has been the second part of the Rob Mac episode of the TT Podcast. Please hit that follow button, hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts, or in fact watch them. Steve, have you been checking out any other reviews recently? Oh, mate, listen, they're loving me. Are you saying anything about me? Uh, what's your name? Oh, my God. So make sure you leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Next week is going to be a great one. We have Pete Founds of the Sidecar World. One year, a big, big, early Hell's Angel turned up oh, with, a, with a frame that was broken. Normal bike frame, snapped his headstock or something. Cool. And my dad welded it all up for him and done it. Went to give it him back and the guy said, go on, how much do you owe you? My dad said, nope, nothing. You'll sing us a song. And the guy said, oh, I'm not singing your song. And everyone's thinking, oh, no, where's this going, Dad? <laughs> don't, don't do it. But he, he stuck by his guns. And after about 15 minutes of uh, debating and about 250 people descending on our camp, this hell's angel sang Bar Bar Black Sheep to everyone. <laughs> don't forget, that episode is out next week. And if you want all your latest news and features of the TT, iomttracers.com. And you can check us out across all the socials. We are at TT Racers Official. Officially the end of the podcast, Steve. Last word with you. Over and out. <laughs>